Let us pray. Come upon us, gracious God, wherever we may be. Fill us with your spirit. Help us to know and to love you as you were presented to us in this precious moment. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Today my heart breaks and my soul is sad. The death of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg on Friday evokes a heavy loss and my my Jewish daughter-in-law Alex and I allowed our tears to flow as we heard that news. According to the Jewish tradition, a person who dies on Rosh Hashanah, which began last Friday, is a tzaddik, a person of great righteousness. And so she was. A woman highly educated, soft-spoken, and rigorous in her pursuit of gender equality. For she knew from her own experiences of discrimination the effects of a hostile work environment and the insults of male colleagues. It wasn't and it isn't fair. It just wasn't fair. I wonder, I wonder if those were the words from the lips of the laborers what they were saying at the end of the day when they received their pay after slaving for nine hours in their toil, receiving the same pay as others. It isn't fair. The opening scene in the parable is typical of Jesus' parables and consistent with ancient farming. The owner of the vineyard would goes out into to the to the streets to hire the daily laborers. Hiring is done very early in the morning, and the owner and the laborers agree on a denarii for the work the day's work. This agreement, this agreement from the very beginning, will be crucial in the final scene of the parable. Now a denarius was described as a day's wage. There's nothing in the parable that suggests that the agreement is unfair to either party. And after hiring the first workers, the owner returned to the marketplace and he found other unemployed laborers and he tells them to report to the vineyard and he will pay them what is fair. And they went. And the owner repeated this behavior two more times throughout the day hiring the last laborer in the late afternoon. And when evening arrived, the owner gave instructions to his manager to call all the laborers in and pay each of them the denarius, beginning with the most recently hired, which meant that those who had labored all day from the early morning had to stand and watch and wait as everyone before them received exactly the same pay as they eventually did. And did they grumble? You bet your bottom dollar they grumbled. It wasn't fair. 
They expected more. They deserved more. They earned more. But they were there, and they got the same measly coin that everyone else received. It should have been more, and it wasn't fair. I have to wonder, how this story sits with our understanding and assumptions of playing fair and square? It seems only right that a person receive what they deserve, what they've earned, and certainly the worker who began the last hour of the workday does not deserve the same wage as the one who labored eight or nine hours. Is that fair or just? But that's it, isn't it? It's both fair and just. According to the landowner, there was an agreement between the owner and the worker, an agreement for payment. And the vine grower doesn't have, doesn't the vine grower have the right to do what he wants with what belongs to him? Perhaps, this is a, this is a really hard parable. I don't know how come I got this chance to preach on this one, but this is a hard one for me, y'all. It's hard, because I, I want it to be like I want it to be. Perhaps the key to this story for me, and maybe for you, is, is the, the second to the last line. Are you envious because I am generous? Ooh, that cuts, right? Does it make me angry when others have more than I do? Yep. Is there spite in my heart when someone seems to receive something that I think they don't deserve? Yep. Does our resentment flare? When we discover that a job for which we are truly qualified ought and ought to have is offered to a less experienced person, how just is that? We don't get what we deserve, according to the parable. This point of view flies in the face of Western thought regarding justice, which always means giving to all what is due them. But God's justice is not the same as our justice. God is not bound by Western or logical categories of thought. And once again, one more parable, one more time, I am forced to remember that God's ways are not my ways. A lesson, my friends, I will be forever learning. The accusation of jealousy pits the claims of justice against the claims of grace. I would suggest that this parable, in this parable, God exemplifies both. Grace is th seen through God's generosity, and justice is revealed in the pavement of the wage agreed upon. Everyone got paid. Everyone got the job. For God is both just and generous. And I don't know about you, but... Sometimes I have a hard time reconciling God's justice and God's graciousness, what I think is right. I read something recently. It said, God's eternal generosity is certainly an acquired taste. Yeah, like a lifetime. One, it may take us a lifetime to comprehend. And linear thinking, mere rationality and logic without the considerations of the heart and the soul's destiny are poor rewards. Small compensation compared 
to the treasure God wishes to bestow. So how do we reconcile? How do we reconcile what God wishes to bestow with what we think is fair and just? If you think I'm going to give you the answer, I have no answer to that. I have a struggle with it. John O'Donohue tells a story in his book, Anamkara. He's one of my favorite authors. A man was exploring Africa, and he was, in he was in a desperate hurry on a journey to get through the jungle, and he had three or four Africans who were helping him to carry his equipment, and they raced, raced, raced for three days, and at the end of the third day, the Africans sat down and said they wouldn't move. They simply would not move. And he urged them to get up and telling them that he had, the, he had this pressure he was under. He had to reach his destination by this certain date, and they stayed put. They could not understand this. Persuasion, persuasion, and they still would not move. Finally, he got one of them to tell him what was going on. The native said, we have moved too quickly to reach here. Now... We need to wait to give our spirits a chance to catch up with us. That's what Jesus' parables do for me. They give me the opportunity to read Mark and learn and inwardly digest, to take time. Perhaps our understanding and our response will come only in the journey of a lifetime a lifetime when we pause and we wait and we listen. Jesus' parables are so compact that they hit us full speed. We need to take time, a lifetime, to catch up to the wisdom contained within them. The great theologian Karl Rahner once wrote, Everything we are and have, even the painful and the mysterious, is God's generous gift. We must not grumble at it, but must accept it in the knowledge that when we do so, God gives God's self with this gift and so gives us everything that we could receive. To do this, to receive this, is the wisdom and the chief work of a Christian life. If we look into our own lives, we will find that we have not always done it. All of us, young and old alike, are really latecomers. And yet, and yet God is willing to give us everything, everything, if we'll only accept it. I heard a preacher um, tell a story about a conversation he'd had with a mother who understood some of the graciousness that is exemplified in today's parable. This mother had raised a number of children on her own by herself, and so what did she do? What guidelines could this mother offer to others in similar circumstances? The mother was asked, I suppose you loved all your children equally, making sure that you gave all of them exactly the same treatment. 
The wise mother replied, I loved all of them, loved them greatly, but I never wanted to love them equally. I loved the one that was down until he got up. I loved the one who was weak until she was strong. I loved the one that was hurt until he was healed. I loved the one who was lost until she was found. My brothers and sisters, grace goes beyond mere equality. Grace reaches out in love, not just equally, but rather to love extravagantly. God's grace reaches out to you, not as you deserve or even as you desire, but as God chooses, giving you love and mercy and forgiveness and life everlasting. It's just not fair. And thanks be to God, it's not.